We all knew this day was coming. We knew that Jesus was going away. If for no other reason on Easter morning, he said to St. Mary Magdalene, stop holding on to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, before sending her off to the apostles. But can you really blame her for clinging to Jesus? She had, after all, been there through his whole passion and saw him die on the cross. Her love and gratitude to Jesus had to have been immense because he had quite literally turned her life around from being overwhelmed by sin and despair, the seven demons, to knowing herself to be free and a beloved daughter of God. Jesus said of another, she loves much because she was forgiven much. And after all, Mary Magdalene had gone to do one last act of love for him, to prepare his body for burial, which they were not able to do on the day he died. So we would probably say today that she was out of her mind for sheer joy, having her beloved speak her name and to experience him alive. I mean, imagine how you would hug your child after losing her for three days, or your best friend after he survived a major accident. I think it's very similar to what Peter wanted to do on the Transfiguration and building three tents. It was such an overwhelmingly joyful moment that he didn't want it to end. We learn in the Acts of the Apostles that there were 40 days between the resurrection and the ascension where Jesus both showed himself alive to the apostles by many proofs, and he taught them, preparing them to receive the promise of the Father, baptism in the Holy Spirit that would come to them on the Feast of Pentecost. But that's for Father Gregory to talk about next week. These 40 days were a great mercy to both the early church and to us. In that time, Jesus proved over and over again that he is alive. He wanted to solidify in their minds, if you will, that he truly rose from the dead. He really and truly died on Good Friday, and he truly rose from the dead on Easter Sunday. He was neither a ghost without a body nor a figment of the disciples' fantasies that he had risen from the dead. And in that time, he also showed that the resurrected body is both different from and similar to our bodies before the resurrection like our bodies here and now. But perhaps most astonishingly, he wanted to show them that he still bore the wounds of the passion, but they no longer grieved him. It's also a time that he showed 
his followers that he would continue to be present to them, though in a new and different way than before his passion and death. This extended experience, 40 days worth, allowed them to, as we might say today, loosen their grip on him. They could fulfill that first command after the resurrection not to cling to him, and again, as we might say today, to let him go. He did not command Mary Magdalene and the others to stop clinging to who he was to them, but rather how he was present to them. Even though they did not know what was going to happen on Pentecost and how he would fulfill his promise to them and to us to be with us until the end of time, they came to understand that everything would be okay. And it's precisely by next week's mystery, the coming of the Holy Spirit, that that will come to pass. In some ways, Jesus ascending to heaven is the least startling of all the mysteries that we celebrate as Christians, at least when we think of it from Jesus' perspective. After all, week after week, we express our belief in the Son of God when we say in the creed about him, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, consubstantial with the Father. So as the second person of the Most Holy Trinity, he never left the Father's side or left communion with the third person, the Holy Spirit. But of course, now we know that something is different, that ever since the Annunciation, he has a human body. That body that he took from the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary that grew up in Nazareth and ultimately was offered on the altar of the cross, that is the body that is now in heaven. That is the remarkable thing that we celebrate today. And I think the lesson for us is the same as it was for the disciples. We need to let go. We need to stop clinging so desperately to whom we have made out Jesus to be, who we want him to be, and simply to let him be. We need to allow Jesus to manifest himself to us in the ways that he chooses, especially through his body, the church, the community of believers, and through the sacraments. This, by definition, means we will not always get what we want. But by grasping on to him, by clinging to him and insisting he do things our way, we run the very serious risk of missing him. So let us, as St. Mary Magdalene, the apostles, and the rest of the disciples did 
after they encountered the risen Lord, let us let go. He is and always will be, as St. Thomas beautifully confessed, our Lord and our God. That will never change. But as the first disciples testify to us, his dwelling within us and is working through us is different now than before he died and rose again. Again, it is in and through the third person of the Most Holy Trinity, God the Holy Spirit, that makes this manifestation and powerful, powerfully so possible within us. So on this day, let us celebrate with joy the return of Christ in glory with his human body to the glory of the Father because it is our hope for the resurrection and the glory to come. But also let us let him go and stop clinging to him as we think he should be. Let us pray for and make room in our hearts for the promise of his Holy Spirit so that he can transform us just as he transformed those first disciples into his new and everlasting presence in the world. <laughs>